Welcome to the Mega Man's Podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. This is episode 238. Finally, it's a Long Beach thing. I have a very, very special guest, my boy James. He is a food blogger. We all know him on Instagram as LB Food Coma. James, welcome to the Mega Man's Podcast. What's all? Uh, what's up, y'all? I'm super happy to be here. I'm glad that Mega Man invited me. I'm stoked. Let's, uh, let's do this thing. Let's do this. And I just want to say, first things first, you got nominated. You got a huge reward from uh, Long Beach Post as being the best influencer, the best well-known person of <laughs> La Long Beach, and me being the best podcaster of all of Los Angeles. But everyone thinks I'm number one. But that's another story. To have you on the Mega Man's podcast, um, I just want to say it's an honor. I appreciate that, brother. Oh, man. So how was your day today? It was pretty chill. I only filmed at two restaurants today, so well, it's not can, too bad. Can you name them? I started off at a new Caribbean place. It's called Cherie's uh -huh. Caribbean Kitchen. Uh -huh. And then I went over to El Barrio Cantina to film one of their upcoming items. That they're launching a Tlayuda, so, uh -huh. you know. That's... And these are all in Long Beach? Correct. There's, um, I want to get into it, you know, starting right now. For you being a food blogger, do you? I know you focus on LA, OC, and Long Beach, but Long Beach is your home. Correct. And you want, and these all these uh, small businesses are just popping up left and right. Right. And I feel like because of the COVID times, the lockdowns, and um, you know there was a lot of small businesses that closed up. Now they're coming back up and for you to go to these uh, mom and pop restaurants or small businesses, you're giving a lot of people hope and you're putting money in their pocket. It's awesome because Long Beach historically has been a blue collar city. Yeah. We started off with longshoremen, small business owners, restaurants. That's what built the city. And I guess my goal is to help that continue and to flourish, you know, not to have big chains come in to avoid that. We want this city to have its diversity, its culture, and small business is a huge part of it. Do you feel now in Long Beach, is it going to another direction because you see a lot of gentrification everywhere? There's definitely a lot of change. That's a loaded subject, honestly. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I hate to say, but is this that you see a lot of small businesses closing down and what do you see every couple blocks a 7-eleven right uh, a, a major a mcdonald's here whatever I, I don't want fast food i want authentic food and i agree with that i feel like what's happening is when we have restaurants in general if it's kind of bougie even if it's a mom and pop people are kind of still fighting against it and i think that's the wrong way to view it mm -hmm. because they're bringing money into the city mm -hmm. and we got to keep small businesses alive, whether they're bougie, whether they're not. They're, I mean, they're changing the city for the better. I see a lot of the, the small restaurants, like all these pop-ups coming up, mostly in the 2nd Street, right. 4th Street. Um, you got Broadway, but you see a lot of uh, restaurants open up in Pixby Nose. Yes, Pixby uh, is definitely up and coming. Yeah. Yeah, they've been kind of traditional old school for a while because the uh, demographic there was more family-tailored. Yes. And a lot of... Um, I guess, what, trust fund kids and stuff like that. So uh, as that demographic starts to shift, becomes a little bit more hip, uh, we're going to start getting more restaurants. The scene's not quite there yet. There's not really a late night scene, you know? Yeah. All the restaurants close by, well, relatively early. Pretty much in a way, when, when it comes to Pixby Nose, I like to go when they have first Friday of the month. Yes. And that, that's my spot. That's when a lot of the small business and everything pop up. And that's what I like because 
I used to go, but right after the lockdowns happened, everyone stopped going. So now that a lot of things are opening up now, you need to have places like this to go for family stuff. I mean, I know they have stuff maybe on Cherry, like, you know, farmer's markets here, right. whatever. Um, do you Are you familiar with North Long Beach? I am. I actually live in North Long Beach. Oh, so I'm super familiar with North I used to live Long in North Long Beach. Beach. I used to yeah. live over there by... Uh, South and Derry Avenue. Ah, okay. And you know that old house, Derry Avenue, is probably one of the oldest houses in North Long Beach. <laughs> yeah, you lived in my hood. You, we, yeah. And at the same time, a lot of people are like, hey, Mega Man, like, have you been to that park? It's like, no, I haven't. It's like, that park is haunted. It's like, really? <laughs> the Forest Park, yeah. I heard stories about that. You ever heard stories about yes, that? Yes, there's a lot of uh, haunted stories about the Forest Park. It's, yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> you shouldn't be scared of the ghosts there. There's, there are other things to be afraid of at the Forest Park, but... Yeah, yes. that's where I think they say, like, these have long trees and you yes. used to go. And I was like, I'm not going in there. No <laughs> way. But it looks nice. Everything's coming up. Do you see anything popping up in North Long Beach? Because I like that because I have my daughter lives over there. And I know they build, like, a little little section right there north. And I was at Artesia. Artesia. But yeah. Wendy's and all that stuff. Almost like a little similar to, like, Steelcraft. Correct. It's the... Um, the what, what are they called? The Uptown Commons. Yes. Yeah, with they, there's like Main Chick and uh, Super Bedia, like a bunch of restaurants there. It's cool. I dig it. Um, I don't know how well the locals have like adopted it. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But as you know, as people get more comfortable with the idea, I think it'll be okay. Because North Long Beach still has that huge disparity, right? Where lots of kids go hungry. I think it, it's some some ridiculous percentage, like 65% of them don't have access to food. Like, you know food that isn't from a liquor store you know yes because there's not that much markets i mean if you think about it the the food for less closed down right there on uh, south yeah it is not there so where can everyone shop at and people are like oh just go buy this this a liquor store oh by the way give me a 42 right it's like that's not healthy for kids right so that's where i feel like a lot of people right now um the obesity is, is at an all-time high over here in america but also in long beach so everyone's trying to go vegan and everything right and you don't see that much places because when you think of north long beach i mean there's a lot of good spots i like barbecue so you know earls robert earls you know! that's the spot that's the spot brother <laughs> i go there every thursday <laughs> the farmer's market right there on um on atlantic and i love it i go there and it's like What's all this? Like, hey, if you know Earl's from North Long Beach, yeah. you know what's up. I love their food. It is. Uh, you think it's gonna be? You think it's gonna change pretty soon, North Long Beach? Because I'm more focused on North Long Beach. You know, they're shifting rapidly. Uh, the city's putting a lot of money into it. A lot of the streets are being cleaned up, uh, market and stuff. There, there are a few that are still sketchy, but I think like the main thoroughfare, like Atlantic and Long Beach Boulevard, they're freaking gorgeous. Lots of trees. Um, they're they're moving in this it's called the beat i think it's what it's called the the owners of uh the anaheim packing district are building something there Ooh. yeah yeah because i'm in long beach boulevard i know there have there's like a, a coffee shop right there long beach yeah, and market black black ring yeah then they're you know they should make something right there because it's a little convenient and stuff right. like that you know but it's just like when once you go you're at long beach boulevard when you go right there before um uh, what you might call the Lamo? It's like you have the Trader Joe's and everything. Right. Now you're getting to the rich area of Pick, you know, Pixby and all. But you're right. We need some more stuff for the the North Long Beach people because sometimes they say, "Man, it'll be kind of nice to have a, like a little first Friday of the month North Long right. Beach." But there's some sketchy stuff. You're right. There are sketchy stuff in North Long Beach. Yeah, they, and it's huge. It's a huge district. Like it goes north, north. <laughs> like you got North Long Beach, then you got north. <laughs> yeah, you got north. Um, 
looking back, I want to I want to switch in gears because I know we're gonna get to all that stuff. Right. Um, you grew up in Long Beach all your life, right? Uh, yes. I was born in San Jose, but um, I've lived. You're very a guy. Yeah. I used to live in uh, Union City. <laughs> Are we best friends? Probably. <laughs> we don't, we don't even know it. Have you been following me? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, San Jose, okay. Yeah, but I've been in Long Beach for thirty years. You know, it's this is. This is my hood. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, living in the barrier, it's kind of like when you go back, it's it's a little different. It's kind of more Long Beach in the barrier certain ways. It's but in the Central Valley, there's a lot of racism. Yes. When you get over that hill over there by uh when you go into like Pleasanton and all that stuff. Right. And it's a little crazy, but it's uh you see a lot of uh, Vietnamese and Cambodians in the barrier, but also here because I think in over here in Long Beach, this is like an only California. This is like only the Cambodian town, if you think about it, I think the next one is where? In Lowell, in Boston, Massachusetts? Right. Uh, I think there's one in, gosh, what is that? It's near Fresno. I, I, it's skipping my mind. But um, anyways. Merced? I don't. Modesto? I don't, it's not coming to me. I know there's a lot of Cambodians in Modesto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, Long Beach is one of the most diverse cities in the world. Uh, I think at one point, there's at least two people from every country living in Long Beach. Yeah, yeah. And uh, your family moved over here from, um, to move to Cali to, uh, because of the, what was going on with the genocide with Pol Pot over there Correct. in Cambodia. Yeah, the, the whole Khmer Rouge during the late 70s, early 80s. Um, I guess, quick history lesson, dictatorship came yes. over. Yeah, he came over. He wanted to cleanse the country. Or how, how do you say the word? Re-educate. Re-educate, yeah. So anyone who uh, had any kind of Western or modern education or culture... Were, they were slain they were killed yeah. teachers and buddhist monks and musicians musicians and artists and anyone politicians you, you were killed and then they you know they trained the children to become um child uh, child soldiers and mm -hmm. it, it was wild i think they stopped that i think is when the vietnam and started doing an invasions and stuff like that and and you know laos and all that stuff and that's where a lot of people were like because what was going on with the vietnam war and everything because you know, because the the Vietnamese were going around doing a flank, going to Cambodia, right. going around to to kill the Americans and stuff like that. So that's when you see a lot of refugees of Cambodian people coming to Long Beach and stuff. Um, did when you moved here in Long Beach? I mean, you well, how were you when you when you moved to Long Beach? I I didn't come from Cambodia. My no, no, no. When you came to Long Beach. Oh, no, when like, I came to Long Beach, I was really young, maybe like four or five, somewhere around there. Did you have to deal with racism? I did. Yeah, definitely. Um, lots of like. Lots of Ching Chong stuff and uh, dog eater and things like that, you know. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty sad. And I, my ex wife, um, my ex wife's Cambodian. We have my two, my two boys are Mexican Cambodian, and she would tell me stories about that. You know, all the eighties and nineties of you know when a lot of the refugees is coming in from Long Beach and stuff and uh, just starting a new life and everything. And the blacks and the Mexicans were really racist to them. Yes, my uh, my dad went through a lot because he he and my mom they. They were in Long Beach before they went to the Bay Area. Okay. So they, they went to Wilson High together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Fluffy. Uh, Fluffy. Uh, yeah, they got... Well, my dad went through a lot of shit, bro. Like, he got beat up, his bike stolen, like, people su super glued his pants to his seat at Are school. Yeah. Wow. Like, all kinds of crazy shit. That's great, man. That's... That, to me, it's sad. It is. You know, there's a lot of... Th I mean... I know it's not like that anymore because it kind of died down a lot. But looking back, it's just to me, it's like like we gotta get along, you right. know. And we, I mean, this is when people say Long, Long Beach is all it's like a rainbow city because you have different nationalities, 
and you it's like a melting pot and and because when i think of long beach i think of cambodia right cambodia it, this is the the heart of uh, long beach is cambodia town and i remember um a lot of my family will listen to a lot of 60s Cambodian music because they had that Beatles sound right. and that style. So you know when you go to Cambodian buddies and stuff, you know someone's going to be drinking Heineken yeah. all fucked up, drinking karaoke, <laughs> singing karaoke. That's the thing I love, you know? Uh, How was it back then, like, going to all these parties? And we with um, with a lot of... Do you see... Is there? I know there's a lot of famous Cambodian spots to go eat at, right. but shelf, uh, tell to our people where to go. So if you're looking for Cambodian food, I guess a lot of it takes a little bit of getting used to. I'd say the best starting point for an entry-level Cambodian situation is Phnom Penh Noodle House, or Phnom Penh is how you pronounce it. But that's that's right there on Cherry and close to PCH. Yes, yes, yes. The place is freaking amazing. Um, lots of celebrities have been there. Andrew Zimmern has been there from Bizarre Foods. <laughs> it's the spot. It's the spot. And also, can you talk about it? Because I know it was... I, I saw a lot of Cambodian places closed down. I think like the main market over there on um, Anaheim and right. uh, Martin Luther King, that was the main one that closed down because I think they're going to build like a condominium. Correct. It's It was the Cambodian up, man. They had the KH market there for all of your Cambodian groceries. There were hairstylists, there were doctors and pharmacists and everything. Yeah, all the Cambodians would go there and it's kind of a shame. I feel like as as time goes on it cambodia town is becoming less cambodia so now you only have a section from martin luther king to one apparel correct that's it it's tiny it's it's well, you think in a way i don't want to you think in a way it, it's not gonna be the same anymore everyone's getting pushed out because of the because everything is getting expensive in long beach maybe what i'm what i'm hoping for is seeing the cambodians that are here adapting and you know succeeding like if they open up their own small businesses and you know like instead of trying to stick to um you know like just sitting around waiting for things to change like do actively change shit like like i'm doing you know yeah Uh, a lot of the homies like chad from batambang barbecue he's fucking killing it he's doing a texan barbecue slash cambodian pop-up situation okay in north long beach actually and he is popping off yeah i'm gonna check that out have you been to that little it's like a little little shack right there it's on anaheim and abispo it's cambodia i think they have like uh seafood it's right there with that uh you know where the um it's right there. That little taqueria is right across from Food for Less. Oh, AJ Seafood Shack. Yes, yes, yes. 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 I, I always want to try it. That place is amazing. I love them. Uh, I always go there for the house lobster, which is, you know, it's kind of crazy to think that ordering lobster at a little shack like that. Like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? But no, it's legit good. Oh, man. Because you're a seafood guy, right? <laughs> yes, I love seafood. Like well, like Cajun food or like seafood? I love food. I, well, yeah, look, look at the shirt I'm wearing right here. It says, "If I'm not eating, I'm not me." That is true. <laughs> but it comes when it comes to like seafood. I like everything battered or Cajun. Is this yes. like that smell? That's it's like uh, you get your hands all up in it, yeah. and it's just yeah, it's a whole different experience. Yeah, when I had like some Cambodian food, I always at the time my ex-wife was like, "Why do you always put shrimp paste on it?" Because it's like, dude, it, this shit will fucking rip the house. <laughs> I was like, well, it's good. Yeah. Oyster sauce or like any good pho places. I love pho. Yes. I mean, there was a there was a pho place that was open on um, 
on 4th Street where the coyotes... That's right. It was uh, number nine. It was nine, cloud nine, nine something. Yeah, number nine, I think yeah, is what it was. Yeah, I think they moved to some uh, liquor store. They did. They were at Eddie's Market for a bit. They, were, they became nine to go after that. And I think they're opening up another spot on 4th again. Is there any... I know there's a new pho place opening up on, uh, on 4th and Walnut. 4th and Walnut. I think that's them. Oh, that's yeah, it? Because I yeah. saw a green door. It says pho. And I was yeah. like, ooh, okay. I think that's them. I think they're back. I Yeah. I'm telling you, there's so many mom and pop places. I'm, I'm sorry to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little sti- I'm gonna be a little stingy. I'm going to be a little greedy. I don't want any, like, tourists to come. I just want to. Because, <laughs> I mean, everyone all goes to Pine Avenue. I don't want them to go certain areas, man. I know you do. I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I'm a homer. I just, these little pop, pop places, like, I don't want them to know, you know? Because sometimes they might fuck it up. Or, you know, <laughs> the, the, you have some food critic from from over there up north. Oh, I don't like this shit. Go back. Right. Uh, how do you deal with, do you deal with a lot of criticism when cause, because you're a food blogger? Not really, because uh, the Long Beach scene is so insular. And most of my followers are from Long Beach. Yeah. So I don't have that problem, you know? it's It kind of is a... I don't want to use that word. I was going to say circle, but um, yeah, it, yeah. it kind of is. Uh, I did a hand motion the moment ago, but it, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, Long Beach has that kind of like chip on their shoulder, you know? They don't really want outsiders here, and I'm kind of like that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love showcasing the food here, and I love that, you know, we love our food scene, we love our culture, we love our diversity. Yes. I love that, you know, and I do want to keep it safe and secure. But, you know, moving forward, I do think the the clout that we're getting from L.A. and from, from Orange County is going to be a good thing. Do you feel like, and for us, we are the trendsetters? Because I feel like anyone in L.A. doing all these things, every state is looking at what we do and be like, oh, we're going to take notice. And, and when you have all these different states look at what you do or I do or anything where it's going to go around to the point it's all going to be reached out over the world right well i guess i guess when you think about trend setting from that perspective long beach is kind of a hipster you know like the, as a city it's it's a fucking i don't know about that well it's kind of yeah because it follows trends it doesn't really like it's it's like once it's so uh la is kind of la you look at that scene LA's, it's pretentious now right yes. it's pretentious mm-hmm. but they were setting trends yes um Long Beach is still not quite there yet. We're following in the footsteps of, like, we've got some chefs doing some epic stuff. Chef Melissa from Rose Park on Pine, she is, like, she's doing um, an all-seafood menu, and she makes a, a shrimp chorizo, for example. And the, oh. the chorizo, she overcooks the shrimp on purpose to get that texture from the pork. Like, she does, like, really novel things with her cooking, and it fucking changes the game, bro. And she's... um. She, she's a war vet, too. Like, wow. she's she did a bunch of restaurants. Like, she was at Gusto for a bit, Bamboo Club, Sideburns. Bamboo Club, okay. Yeah, yeah, and then she went to um, Afghanistan. Now she's back, and she's fucking killing it at Rose Park. Do you feel um, Long Beach, when it comes to food-wise, we're trying to find our identity? Yes, we still are. Uh, like I said, there's Chef Melissa. Chef Phil Pretty from Heritage, he's doing some badass stuff. There's, there's a bunch of chefs doing cool things now, because there's a bit of a renaissance. But um, in general, we're still a trend-following city. Like, a couple years back, we had, I think, Tajima Ramen pop up, and then all of a sudden we had five or six ramen spots. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Hironori, uh, 
Jonetsu which Ramen is, Hub. Which was that one over there on Fourth, right across McDonald's on Jonetsu. Fourth Street? I have to check out yeah. that place. I heard good things about it. And there's another ramen over there by Pixby Nose. Uh, that's Hironori, but there's also Ramen Hub. They're both in Pixby Nose. And then you have another one, Silver Lake, right there at the LBX. And then you have Goo Ramen in downtown. What the yeah, just like it, they all popped up within months of each other. Because everyone tells me, like, oh, shit, another ramen place. Yep, it's exactly. like, hipsters are coming. Exactly. He's like, oh, shit, everyone talks about seabirds. <laughs> that's, that's what Long Beach does, bro. Like, they have one thing that that's going to pop off, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of them. Like, uh, we had Cluck and Blaze in the Nashville Hot Chicken Spot. Then we had Jaybirds, and we had Firebird, Main Chick. And then we have Breads coming in. We have Crimson Coward coming in soon. And there's the Chicks or whatever up in East Long Beach, too. Like... Nashville hot chicken. That's that's what happens with Long Beach. It's all uh, iterative, you know. Damn, <laughs> I'm just hungry right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also uh, I was telling you when we were uh, drinking beers at um, that barbecue place on Fourth Street, where I think it's called Shady's. Shady Grove. Yes. I love that because I see him on Ten Ten Miles Brewery and Brewery West. Now that he has his own spot, I'd be like, okay, okay, we got something over here. We got some little spots here and there. What about when it comes to breweries? I, you know, rest in peace. I know one of the breweries. Liberation. I was there. When they opened, I was there the next week. When it, and to me, grabbing all their beers and having good times. I don't know what brewery's going to be, but I see that you had Timeless Point closed. Mm-hmm. You had Liberation closed. From those, tar- it's, it's survival of the fittest when it comes to breweries in, in those COVID times. Right. Um, yeah, I can't imagine what breweries had to go through with COVID, especially when it was takeout only. The rules are harsh for breweries and bars and, you know, in general. I mean, I'm thank God, you know, Trademark survived. Yeah, they were, about, they were about to close down and and um, they have good beers. Yes. You know, Beachwood, or always, Beachwood, Beachwood Brewery will always be gods. You know, that, you know, there was a documentary about, is it called Brewers or Brewsness? They talked right. about 10 Miles and Liberation and eric the head yeah player, eric the homie he, he said uh man beachwood man they're, they're like bullies to long beach all the breweries because everyone wants to be but now you see all these breweries coming up now and you got belmont i mean ambitious ales ambitious ales jerome yeah they're killing it uh, have you had their central perk no. oh dude that, uh-uh. it's like a coffee i don't think it's a stout it's a it's their it's like a lager, but with like a hint of coffee at the end. Oh, it's fantastic. Is that the, cent- was it the Central Park, right? Central Park. That's bomb. It's fire. That's, I was like, look, it's like, this supposed to be dark. Why does it look like it's like a rig, like a Pilsner? Right. And I was like, oh man, this is good. I'm telling you, four pack of those, that's all you need, baby. <laughs> that's all you need. And if you're not done drinking, go to Crush Street to Rascal's Box. Hell yes. That, man, I'm yeah. telling you, the food is good. You get that big-ass beard, and you're like, you get, You get the boot. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to Dutch Brew House? I love Dutch's. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, they, they used to be my spot. I used to go there all the time because I I just like that Midwestern vibe. Um, I used to get their Bergza, which is a burger pizza. They don't have that anymore, which is a what? shame. Yeah, that was there. That was the thing that hit. It was like in and out on the pizza. A burger pizza? Yeah, man. I have... What is it something that was like... It was like, you scratch your head, and it was like, I don't know, but it just... It just amazed you like <laughs> like a spot anywhere in oc or anywhere in la it has to be a spot where it's like whoa okay um let's see something that kind of like caught me off guard huh that works mm-hmm. uh well they're gone now firebird rest in peace they were part of liberation too they were awesome but dude i was i was sad 
Yeah. They moved to, I think they went to the Anaheim. They went to Anaheim, and then uh, they're opening up another location in San Clemente. But oh, wow. um, that's good. Yeah, I I think it's going to go well for them. Um, as for their lot, they were experimenting with all kinds of cool stuff. They did a like a fish and chips, but a Nashville hot fish and chips Ooh. was fire, bro. Their food was good. The jalapeno poppers, uh, the fries, the mott sticks, all of it. Yeah, I mean they were keeping liberation alive because that's, of that. That's part of the reason. Yeah, when they left, I think that's when. And plus, the owner, he, I think he wanted to lease up the the Correct. building and all. And I'm like, well, we have to go. And I heard like I don't know what brewery. I I would know, but. I don't know if it's in San Diego or from LA, but I just heard rumors like another brewery is going to open up, take that spot. And I, I would say this: look, if that brewery opens us, look, you guys have some big shoes to fill. Okay, this, this is this was the home of like liberation. When you think of Pigsby and Bishop's Ale's Dutch Brew House, and and, and liberation. Yeah, liberation was the bomb. <laughs> It just it hurts it's my a heart. Shame. I know it's a real shame. What about when it comes to bars? You do are you you go to a bar? I still? do go to bars. Yes. What do you recommend? I know there's Grasshopper. I was about to say that was the first thing I was about to say was the Grasshopper. What you think about it when you went inside it? I I actually love their cocktails and stuff. I love their vibe. Um, I don't like it when it's busy. I like it when it's chill. Dude, I'm telling you, I I'm, I'm a, I hate it when it's sardines in there. Yes. I like it when there's like mm, nine people. Yes, it's a great spot when it's chill. Uh, you. It's such a beautiful place. It's got kind of like a, I don't even know what kind of vibe. It's like a 30s, but Art Deco-y. And there's yeah. like, a, there's a little bit of everything in there. It's beautiful. I love it. And then you look at the ceilings and it's got like, oh, it's just a gorgeous I like it when you go inside and you make a right. And there's oh. like a little back corner. Like you sit down uh-huh. and chill. You look at, peek at everyone. Yeah. And the thing I like the most, they have the grasshopper drink. It tastes like that Andre Mitt candy. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's got creme de menthe in it. So yes. it makes it, yeah. It t- <laughs> oh my it's god! So good. And I remember because one of the bartenders he used to be the bartender at uh, at Stash Bar. Yes. And uh, at some time, because I know Brett from Stash Bar, and I think he went to Bamboo, but but he, I just like it because they had to play nothing but sixties music, right? Retro, then also uh, the Vine. I like that spot. I like that spot too. I I was you heard about the story, right? They almost closed that place down. Oh, I didn't know. And this. one of the be- the owner's best friends saved it. Oh, and yeah, so he I, he he took it over to That's save cool. it. I was like, okay, and I like it because the, the the patio and everything. They have a lot of good indie music, but I feel like the dive bar scene is kind dying down. Yeah, it's get, it's definitely getting less divey and more uh, trendy. Mm-hmm, yeah, because uh, I remember back then in our time. I used to go to V2O or Mai Tai. Remember Mai Tai? Oh, my God. The one that's right there near the pike? Yeah, Uh. I miss it. Can we just open up Mai Tai again? And I think the owner opened up a a bar, was it on Willow, on that side of Bank of America, but it just didn't last. Mm. So now it's like, man, is there any good clubs to go to? Because everyone goes to Pine Avenue now. Yeah, I just, I'm not a big fan of Pine Avenue. It's so touristy. It's a little ratchet. I mean, some people love that, but it's not my personal thing. It's very, when it gets like Friday and Saturdays, when there's a lot of people, there's a lot of fights. Yes. And there's always cops there. It's like, no, it's not for me. Yeah, and there's a lot of places there that I won't even touch. Like, I can't be seen dead in there. So it's just... Is it the food? Is it uh, like... No, it's just reputation. Like JP23, for example. I, I don't know if I should be saying that, but yeah. That, I don't know who that is, JP23. Uh, they, there's a huge scandal for in their uh, downtown Fullerton location where they uh, were accused of drugging the drinks of women. Really? Yeah, yeah, and stuff really? like that. Yeah. It was, I... And it was like rampant. Like, we're talking like 
really bad. I'm gonna tell you, I'm not gonna say it, but I'll write it to you right here. And uh, they were doing the same thing too. That's right. So that's one of the reasons I stopped going over there. And you always hear stories. Well, it's not there no more. Ferns. Mm. Ferns was doing that too. Hearing stories of guys uh, roofing uh, women's drinks. Right. And being raped over there right behind uh, the Canadian pizza. You know, when you go to Canadian pizza, there's a little there's a little uh, parking. Yeah. You would do that and just take off. It's... So there's a lot of shady stuff. I don't go to Red Room that much. A lot of sketchy stuff, but that's the stories and that's the thing where it's like yeah you're right i don't want to go be around that area i know there's second street but um i just there's some stuff popping up over there on broadway as well right what about what about north long beach anything north long beach well the beat like i said that the it's going to be a huge shopping center Mm -hmm. um they're building it i think it's going to be on atlantic and south that area Mm -hmm. there's like the gas station on that corner yeah and behind the gas station there's a ton of uh, retail buildings they're tearing all those retail buildings down and building that hey i know it's gonna change <laughs> the game dude hey so switching gears uh when you went to uh high school at lakewood high lancers, <laughs> lakewood that, lancers. Was, those, was that the good old times like lakewood i don't know bro i was a real nerd i was a real nerd in like uh in high school i don't know about that <laughs> i don't know well i thought all the nerds go to freaking milligan <laughs> that's rats. true that's very true i mean i mean milliken could be nerds but at the same time there could be some there's gonna be some uh some sketchy people out there going to <laughs> high school and all that but did you go to go to did you play any sports or anything i played a little bit of soccer in middle school but that was pretty much it oh no yeah so were you more just did you wear any any clubs or anything i was the smart kid that's what i was the key club yeah yeah that kind of <laughs> shit I don't, I don't want to talk about it i know i know i know we don't want no flashbacks um did you go to college Yes, I went to Cal State Long Beach. All right, dirtbags, baby. Uh-huh. You know, there's one thing I always wear, uh, I always love, is like where they have the, the, the Long Beach hats and everything. The, I mean, the, the baseball team back then, when I used to watch them, they were the best. Yeah. The best baseball team. Um, Cal State had the best art, art with the nursing program. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, wh- what was your major? Uh, it was. I was in the design program, so I worked in product design primarily. Uh-huh. That was my focus. I picked up a lot of graphic design going through that field too, because if you if you do industrial well product design, industrial design, you learn a lot of different um, like facets of design. You learn how to you know draw. You learn you learn how to three D model. You learn how to build furniture. Like you you learn the whole gamut from beginning to end. Uh-huh. And so I picked up a lot there, and I've used it. Yeah. Occasionally, <laughs> and so I know with Cambodian parents, they're very strict of having their kids be more more focused at school. Correct. But at the time, you had to because of the gang violence and everything. Correct. So because I've seen a lot of Cambodians were just being in gangs, and and the other ones, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the 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 Cambodian parents who had daughters, you would stay home. Right. You can't go out. You can't trust this. You always wear long skirts. You can't. You can't. They're very strict. Right. And school come home school come home men work come home whatever like that but i feel like with the women they were very strict is it because of the traditions uh i don't know about traditions i feel like it's just more like a collective trauma you know like based on the genocide that happened and then you move from there to a place where there's racism and gang violence and drugs and gambling it's just there's so much on top of so much, you know? Do you see, like, now with the the Cambodian parents back in the 80s and 90s, times are, times are changing, so they have to adjust to the style, but kind of being more not 
strict, but trying to be more lenient now? Correct. They're, they're definitely, uh, there's definitely a generational shift. Their parenting's a lot more chill. Oh, um, God. Yeah, it's, it's, that always happens though, you know, it's like the pendulum swings. You, you have super strict upbringing and then that. What was your curfew? First, hold up, before you say that, what was your curfew? Mine, uh, it was like five thirty-six, somewhere between there. Oh, you de- oh I was gonna yeah. say eight or die. because yeah, I, I know with, with the with the women, it was two thirty p.m. But you gotta stay home and stuff, and, be, yeah. and you know. But it's cool. Do have you ever been to any of that Cambodian like karaoke functions? Oh, Cambodians and karaoke, bro. That's their thing. <laughs> that's their thing. That's their thing, huh? That's the OG. Yeah. The- my, my dad still has one of those old karaoke machines, bro. What's up with that? I don't know. I gotta know. Why is it that Cambodian uh, people, they always spend about thousands of dollars on a karaoke machine, and they sing in their hearts out yeah. like they're American Idol. <laughs> I love that shit. I have no idea. They can't sing. Most of them can't sing, but they fucking go with, with it full gusto. And it's they always nuts. tell me, Mega Man, if you're going to come over here... Always bring two twenty-four packs of Heinekens, Heinekens <laughs> and Hennessy. Hennessy, Heine- exactly. That's always their thing. I was like, man, I said, you know what? I can't keep up with you. I'm, I'm putting the throw in the white towel. I like craft beers, but man, you guys, you guys party hard. Yeah, sweet dude. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so right now we're gonna take a break right now, and we'll be right back. Yo, what's up, everyone? Mega Man here. I hope you're liking this episode. Follow my boy James on Instagram at uh, LB Food Coma. Um, this guy's coming up. This guy is really coming up. And um, I just want to give a shout out to Stay Anchored. Um, shout outs to Alfredo and Gabby from Songlid, that Digle Minchaladas. Uh, Shouts to all the uh, Harbor Area, Wilmington, Long Beach people, the West Coast, over the world who's gonna be listening to this episode, and to all the new, and to all the new listeners, welcome to the Mega Man's podcast. Um, also, I want to give a huge shout out to Eighty Miles Per Hour. Shout outs to uh, Santos, I said it right, and Freddie. Uh, subscribe and follow their podcast. Um, Tony A. The Wizard from Rodium Radio. Uh, Shout-outs to American Cholo, Gil, and Boo Boo. Um, and also, I want to give a, a special shout-out to my homie, West Coast. Uh, I did an episode, and uh, man, I was I think that was the first time ever doing a five-hour episode. It was good. We just, it was awesome, man. I feel like we could do like a 10-hour podcast, but... We might have to do a part two, but there's a lot of good people coming on the podcast and, you know, I just got to be blessed. You know, I'm just I've been so busy with work and trying to stay home much I can to spend time with the kids and and the podcast. But I have a lot of good episodes coming. So uh, shouts to West Coast. Check out the episode. It's on YouTube. It's good. It's really, really good. And shouts to my homie, uh, Little Faded from the Harbor area, Woodmuzz. Uh, his podcast, you can hear it on audio. I'm going to promote it uh, this week. But also check out the episode. It's on YouTube, Straight Faded Podcast featuring Mega Man. Uh, if anyone from the Harbor area, uh, from Wilmington, Long Beach, check out that episode. I, it To me, it really hits home. And uh, I'm just trying to do the best I can to get out there and show love to everyone who who is from the Harbor area and who is from Wilmington and and Wilmington's coming up there's a lot of good people coming and uh we're gonna make our presence known and uh, you know a lot of people always talk bad about Harbor area and Wilmington but you know what a lot to all those haters you just woken up a sleeping giant we're coming and uh more things to come and um 
um, next week, I, I will be releasing uh, Kiki Smooth, the first Mexican rap rapper from Compton. And I'm going to be doing more guest appearances. Uh, I have more uh, good content coming out. So stay tuned. Uh, Beers of the Week, Mega Man Rap of the Week, just everything. Um, I'm going to be, I, I know there's some people reached out to me. Hey, Mega Man, when are you going to do a car talks? When are you going to do a solo talks? When are you going to do a Mega Man's Life? They're all coming soon. And uh, you're right. I'm going to be doing more uh, solo episodes because I know a lot of people um, always like to hear those episodes. So it's uh, you never know what you're going to get. And that's how I am. I am a wild card. You never know what you're going to get on the Mega Man's podcast because I always want to keep people's on their toes. So other than that, again, thank you to everyone who has been showing me love on the West Coast Graffiti uh, check out Straight Faded Podcast and follow my boy James from LB Food Coma. All right. Now, let's get back to the episode. Have a blessed week, everyone. Late. And we are back. We took a little break. And uh, James, I want to talk about something really important that was hitting. Um, it really hit hard um, when everything was normal. Then all of a sudden. When the George Floyd happened in Minnesota, then uh, the uprising of the Black Lives Matter, and how did it feel seeing a lot of places getting broken into, and, and a lot of it, it wasn't how the riots were in the nineties, I'll tell right. you that, but it was a little pre little riots. How did you feel seeing small businesses getting their their places fucked up? It was hard, man. Like uh, when that uh, I think it was the Gene Machine was on fire. I think that's kind of where it really hit. Gene Machine, where's that? Uh, I don't think it was the Gene Machine. It was a Gene Shop down in downtown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's the one. uh, One of my friends, he had a black belt jiu-jitsu inside, and it burned down. Yeah, I just I don't remember what they were called. There's a little conspiracy about that (laughs) because I feel like they burned that stuff down to make another condominium. Okay, I mean that's possible. I'm not in on that, but uh, in general, like. The idea of mom and pops getting hurt, it doesn't it doesn't benefit anyone. It hurts the city, it hurts us, you know, it hurts the people. Because the these owners, their like their livelihoods feed directly back to us. You know what I mean? Like when you go in and spend money on a small business, it adds money to the, the food culture and to their families and you know, it's just like to destroy that. It, it was it was really hard to see. To me, it was sad finding more research when you get into these rabbit holes of what was going on, where you see a lot of people posting ads saying, "Hey, if you want to earn some money, um, come over here, and uh, I'll give you two or three hundred dollars." But for them to be people outside starting causing havoc in Long Beach, breaking into and causing damages like what they did to Long Beach Creamery. Right. That really hurt my heart. Right. And a lot of the, that place always gets broken into. Um, what was going on in Pixby Nose and a lot of the places that like Chuck E. Cheese and all those places were getting ravaged. And the thing I don't like about it is why would you have palace of bricks and the cops are just going to sit there and do nothing and let people just destroy the cities with all these people coming from San Bernardino and all that stuff. And that's like, okay, we already got Long Beach. Let's cause another havoc in another right. different city. To me, that hurt my heart and seeing people who had their shops and they're trying to stop it. They're just breaking in. Fuck you. Right. Like, you don't support us. And here it, here it goes again. Like, you don't support blacks. You don't, you know, and having businesses. I remember when they fucked up that, that restaurant, Green, Ar- Green Olive mm. in downtown. That hit home. 
And to me, it was like, it was really messed up. And it's sad. And the thing I like most about, because we are a rainbow city, when all that shit happened the next day, pretty much in a way, um, they, uh, the whole city got together. Right. And we cleaned up the city. Right. That, I'd never, I, I'd never seen that before in my life. It was actually quite awesome to see the support and the people, like even during the ride store, people who were trying to protect the places, you know, our locals and even like, even gang members and stuff were like pulling up and like, nah, not in this city. This is our hood. Yeah. It was, it was wild, bro. To me, and you don't have to speak on this, but I'll speak for myself. Right. Um, because I don't want to get you heat. Um, <laughs> when the, the person who really got a lot of heat was our mayor. Yes. Because when the whole city was cleaning, even I was cleaning, he was just there for 20 minutes to take pictures and took off. Right. And, and because of that, I feel like there was a lot of things that was going to happen after that. And he got a lot of shit for it. And he's like, what kind of mayor would you have right here? He doesn't give a fuck about small businesses. He doesn't give a no. fuck about the people. Because in those, in those riots happening, the only two cities that he was protecting was Second Street and Pixby Nose. Isn't that kind of fucked up? <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck about Long Beach, North Long Beach or this or Cambodia. He don't give a fuck what's going on in Anaheim Street. He cared about those two cities. It's sad. Right. I'm just being, I'm just being honest. It hurt my heart. And, and because of that, for him to be best friends with Gavin Newsom and say, hey, you know what? We're going to shut everything down. We're going to shut all your businesses. And this is where it just killed everything. Why is it that they had to kill all the small businesses, all the food places, but McDonald's, Walmart, Target can be open? It's... Tell me that. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say that to you. No, I, uh, I wholeheartedly agree. That's... Like, I'm not going to speak on the mayor and my thoughts on it. I know. But um, I definitely do think in that situation, the context of the situation, it was really shitty. It was not great. Um, him, oh, well, uh, <laughs> you, I know, I you already know, know where, where I'm going. I know, I know yes. Right. yes, I know. Yes. Yes. And, um, and because of that, the suicide rate went up. Divorces rate went up because they were, that was their livelihood for years. Right. And people committed suicide. And I don't want to say this, but I will say this. There were certain people, I can't really mention it, even off air as well. That they jumped off that new Long Beach Bridge. What can you do? Right. And and after that, what came next? COVID. Yep. Just just problem after problem. And restaurants took up the brunt of the heat, bro. Bars, yes. Bar, oh, bars even more. Yes. Yeah, it really... And because of the COVID, and now after the COVID, right. now you have... The economy going because of what's going on yeah, in Ukraine inflation and uh, inflation. too and just all these different things i work at a grocery market and four things that we noticed that okay this is out of the ordinary baby food mm -hmm. eggs mm -hmm. milk and meat meat going to get if you're a small business and you're trying to get shrimp or carne asada that's a lot of money right and the milk and everything but but baby formula close to 50 bucks for whatever yeah there's a huge shortage of baby food right now and then um not just that limes too there's a shortage of limes that's, i didn't know that that's a different reason but yes there's a that. massive shortage i thought it was avocados oh yeah no it's limes limes are harder like harder to get and then also they talk about 
because of this, because of the gas prices going up, it's going to make it more harder for beer to distribute their beers because mm-hmm. of the gas. Right. So that means if the gas prices go up to be 10 to, 15, 10 to 11 bucks by July and you and you are producing beers and shipping them out, that means in a way, how are we going to break? How are we going to make even? We might have to jack up the price for a four pack of beer. So an average beer costs about 16 to 18 bucks. Right. So now, and that's not including CRV and tax because we don't know how California is now. They got to get their money somehow because, I mean, we're, California is broke, but Gavin Newsom is over there being balling <laughs> in Napa Valley. That's my, that's my opinion. That's. But everything's going up. Right. And it just, it makes it more hard for small businesses, small businesses to stay afloat. Right. I don't know because I feel like when I, when there's a place I go to, uh, Marisco's El Garage. Oh, I love her. Like, She's coming her, on the podcast. Yeah, her, her food is fantastic. The best? Bro. What do you think is the, the, the shrimp cheese tacos? The uh, tacos al gobernador? Yeah. I can't, I can't pronounce it. And, and, and I always think about her or Mexicana Hibachi Girl. Right. You know, like when it comes to me, like they're just trying to fucking make it. But mm-hmm. there's always going to be obstacles if, you, if you're going to get into the small business for food. Right. What do you think? Yeah, the obstacles in Long Beach specifically are wild. Um, we I host a lot of events, and just the permitting from the health department is such a freaking pain in the ass, dude. Like, it's pulling teeth, and they change things on a whim. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, there's one thing for one event, and all of a sudden, they, like, they change it completely, and there's no consistency, you know? Yes. Um, and it's happening to restaurants, too. It's taking them forever to open up just because... Uh, it's all kinds of bullshit, you know? Like, you gotta move the sink half, you know, half an inch over. Shit like that, after they've already built it. I've seen that. Like, you need to have a permit. Well, you can't pass until you fix this. Yes. And it's like, more money I to give to the city. Right. I don't know, man. I just, I think it's very shady. It's, like, it's such a short-term gain for the city. I don't understand why, like, bringing in more small businesses brings in more tourists it brings in more yeah it's like it's all the race cars yeah racing in april all all of this revenue is gonna feed back into the city so i don't see why they make it so fucking hard events too that kind of stuff brings culture and tourists and you know like it brings the city into the spotlight i don't know if i was a mayor i would have been like hey bring all the events bring everything let's try to build revenues try to bring more income whatever at the same time i heard it's strict to open a brewery in Long Beach. The laws are very strict to open a brewery here. And that's why a lot of breweries are like, nah, I'm going to go to Inglewood. I'm going to go to L.A. I don't go. It's, it's, there's permits after permits of like, man, this is, it, it, might, it might take you a couple years to open a brewery. Yeah. It's hard unless you got the money. And a lot of it has to do with it being small. Like the departments are small and disorganized. And like I said, you've got people with egos and they change shit on the whim. And it's just sucks, bro. It's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it really can, is. I mean, if you know some people that are high up and stuff, you can get your foot in there quick. Um, switching gears on all the serious stuff. And now that we're like, okay, we said what we said. What made you want to become a food blogger? So um, I actually... When I graduated from college, I hated design, bro. Like, it sucked. Uh, the, the reality of design sucks. So I went into real estate because I was just like, you know, you make a lot of money. Oh, money. shit. Yeah. Okay. So, so, I, so as, I was a, as I was a realtor, um, I found... Do you have a card? 
I want to see your face. No. <laughs> I do have the realtor card, but there's no faces on oh, it. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. It's, it's okay. one of those cards. I always yeah. like to see it. Because it's a lot of Vietnamese Cambodians like, hey, I, I could give you a house. It's like, you always look nice. I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like I found that a good networking opportunity was through food. You know, you break bread with people and mm. it opens them up. You know, like the, the dopamine fires in your brain when you eat. People are in a better mood. And so, yeah, like it, it sparks better conversation people are more open and that's kind of where i was like oh shit this is this is a thing i can go from restaurant to restaurant meet different people and as i did it um i kept a running diary of it you know i was like oh i'm at this restaurant i met this owner and you know like it was one of my goals to try to meet five new people every day and that like as part of the mission i ended up going to restaurants all the freaking time uh-huh. And over time, I grew a following. What was your upbringing? My upbringing in terms of... Like, uh, of life or of food? Did they, did you, like, always been in love with food? I mean, when your parents make these good foods, like, okay. But did you... Were you always, like, one-dimensional? Or did you have an open mind? Like, I'm going to explore and I was, see. Yeah, I was always involved in food. So, um, when my parents were in Long Beach, they owned a donut shop. And so, I grew up in a donut shop, you know? Um, I grew up in the donut shop, and then when I was about 11, I ended up working at my aunt's restaurant, which is child labor. But anyways, uh, (laughs) but yeah, it's it's this big restaurant on the corner of Cherry and Anaheim called Hot Hien Restaurant. It's the one with the blue tile roof. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very famous for Cambodian wedding parties and stuff like that. That's like the hub. But I was a busboy there, and I... uh, it was like 500 table, like, you know, uh, maximum capacity. So it was, it was hard. It was grueling work, wow. busing for there. And um, I got paid $50 a week because I was family. <laughs> I say, hey, hey, I, I got ripped off. Is this, uh, is this, is this, is this hours? I thought it was for a day. But I was, um, I was a middle schooler, so that was a lot of money, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah, yeah. I was rich, quote unquote. Rich. <laughs> You're yeah, balling. I was, I was balling. <laughs> balling, but I was like, hey, uh, is there a way I can get a raise? <laughs> what about, uh, who, for you being a food blogger, did you have any uh, people that you looked up to? Like, who was your inspiration? My inspiration. So I have a couple of mentors. Um, when I first started in the scene, there were two other bloggers. They're kind of like bigger LA bloggers. Yes. Uh, one of them is Hungry Hugh. Hugh's a good friend of like, he's heavily involved in the Long Beach scene. He's not from Long Beach, he's in Pasadena, but he's got a lot of friends here. Um, and then the other one is First Date Guide, First Date Guide, Ashley. And the two of them were huge. Like in my early days, they mentored me. They told me how to edit videos and what wow. looks good and and I kind of, you know, I copied them in the beginning. And then over time, I built my own aesthetic, my own style. Yes. And uh, from that, I mean, the first time I met you, I, I didn't meet you, but I saw who you were when we talked about um, low-key burritos. Right. There were, It was on a Sunday, I think at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. And I was talking to, I wanted to get them on my podcast. And I saw you just doing it like just doing all these angles and i and i always think like how do you make a good like reel or a good video and you would do these videos and edit this and all it was like just to if if i had a business and you were on there and the food was good of course right. but when you're doing that it, you you must make the pizza owners may feel like wow that's awesome it's, it, it touched people's hearts like that it's wild because 
I do that and I do it for free. Like I don't charge any restaurants in Long Beach. We know all. someone who does. I'll tell you off air. Yeah. But um yeah, it's it's I this city, man, I gotta give back to the city, you know, it brought me up and there were hard times and shit. But yeah. uh, but like full circle, you gotta you gotta feed the hand that feeds you, you know? And because of that, what you do, you just meet all these people and you meet all more connections. Like right. hey, it's, I'm gonna introduce you to this, I'm gonna introduce you to that person and stuff. Um I know I, I gotta say this because someone reached out to me, a major person and uh this person, you know who he is, we talked about saying like, Hey, I got the best Benudo. <laughs> I found out we have a spot that makes better Benudo than that. It's on 10th and Alamitos. It's right next to that, that tire place. Oh, Ch- uh, Chemas? Yes. Ah, okay. All they right. say they make the best Menudo and I got called out and uh, shouts to West Coast Graffiti, but he said like, <laughs> yeah, so I went to go today and I was like, oh my God. It's really good, bro. It, Their menudo. And um, the, the chef who worked there prior has the same recipe. And he worked at Las, uh, Las Escanitas down in, um, like, near Westside Wrigley area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. But I know there's always... Do you have, like, who's coming up for... Who should we be looking for for 2022? Any food places? Uh, I would send you. Of... I would send you a list. Like, okay, we got the Asian spots. We got the <laughs> we got the Mexicans. We got the the blacks. I mean, we can go. With, let's start with the Asian spots. All right. Uh, in terms of Asian cuisine, so I, I guess this is kind of sort of Asian, kind of sort of South American too. Um, it's sushi Nikkei. Pigs be nose. Yeah. About that. Peruvian sushi. It's Peruvian. That's weird. Yeah. I never seen that. I was like, huh? How's that gonna work? Yeah, it's because it's the the history of Peru. You know, lots of Japanese and Chinese ingri- uh, yes. immigrants. Yes. And yes. so the cuisine got adapted. Like the uh, Peruvian ceviche is heavily inspired by the Japanese, because you know how like Mexican Central American ceviche is, like, heavily brined, right? You know, you put it in the lime juice, and the lime just cooks the uh, the meat, and it stays it stays in the brine. Yeah. Well, with Peruvian ceviche, it's prepared on the spot. Uh huh. So like, you take the fish. Or whatever it is, and you toss it quickly in the lime juice, and the leche de tigre, you know, like the, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, yeah, they uh, they feed it to you that way because it's inspired by sashimi, like fresh cuts of Japanese fish. Gotcha. That was like okay. What about for when it comes to Mexican food? In terms of Mexican food, ooh, loaded subject. <laughs> there's gonna be some. There's a, I don't know. I mean, all right, uh, I'm gonna talk about Mexican places that are kind of pushing the envelope a bit okay. instead of saying a favorite you know what i mean yeah uh, I, I really like what el barrio cantina is doing where's they're, that at uh that they're on fourth where ashley's used to be you remember ashley's bar i know where that's at yes i always see i was i pass up I, I pass by there and I, they always have the windows open mm-hmm. i gotta check that out yeah they're newcomers in the hood and it's like it took a bit for the you know the the locals to adopt them but i think they're they've got a lot of goodwill in the city you know they support every event they're everywhere. They they love the city, and so I'm like, you know what? Even if they don't live here, like they're putting money into our city. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the food is freaking amazing. The chef, uh, Chef Yuli, he um, he's starting his like foray into like Oaxacan cuisine. So he's doing playuda. He's doing a bunch of like awesome stuff. Have you been to that Peruvian place? It's right next to Portfolios on Guadalajara. Uh, they're really good. They're really good. Oh my god! All, all of the Peruvian spots here are good. Casa Chasquis is really good. My my personal favorite is El, El Pollo Imperial. 
in North Long Beach. That used to be a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh my God. I know. Can I, what do you want? I go to the drive-thru, just get it. I mean, yeah, that's the spot. Yeah. That's the spot Warriors go to, and uh, that, Peruvians are coming up. What about when it comes to black food? I know you got barbecue. Yeah, barbecue, soul. There's not much. There used to be a place called In the Kitchen in uh, near downtown, but they're they're gone now, which is kind of a bummer. But we are starting to get some like Caribbeans, Jamaican like, yeah, food. Jamaican food. I never had Jamaican. Uh, food. There is a Jamaican Caribbean spot up in East Long Beach, like by like Bellflower and Stearns, that area. Oh wow! Uh, it's called Grilled Fresh. It's freaking amazing, dude. Is it is it, is it be, is like how they have their meat? Is it they they marinate it with Caribbean jerks? Uh, yeah, the jerk chicken is definitely done that way. But um, they have oxtails. They have they have a great vegan oh, menu I, too. I love oxtail. Yeah. Have you been to that place? Um, come to Mexican food. It's right here on Tenth and Tenth. Was it Tenth and Cherry La Chancla? Yeah, La Chancla. I love them. Ish, the owner. He's he's tight. He's cool. I like he's his, the homie. He uh, I have always had his food. Like, what do you want, man? <laughs> he always has good deals. Yeah. That I, one. How about the one across the street with lambs? He has like little uh, tasty food to go. It's honestly low-key one of my favorite Thai spots. If you don't know who Lamb is, <laughs> Lamb is a legend. I mean, legend in, um, in Long Beach. That's the spot. Fluffy goes there. Fluffy, That's the spot. I used to go there. Fluffy used to get his haircut there <laughs> and everything. You could see him. And I would like you. And you go into the barber places and you would see like all his autographs. Shouts to Felipe Esparza. Yeah. What about when it comes to vegan food? Vegan cuisine is actually starting to pop up. You know, like um, Seabirds is awesome. Wild oh, yeah, chive. That's, that Seabirds is bomb. You can't go wrong with that. What was the other one? The Wild Chive. It's more like vegan comfort food. So they have vegan Monte Cristos and stuff like that. Vegan waffles, chicken and waffles. Uh, like, it's, it's mm-hmm. wild. How does it now making all these connections like you know like meeting all these new people from long beach and do you always want to surround yourself with good people yes um for me it's all about kind of like i'm I'm a monster of a networker it's it's what i do you know i meet new people every day but i i still keep my circle really tight you know mm-hmm. like the the people i associate with and hang out with are people i feel like just have good vibes and aren't toxic and you know like who you hang out with yeah and uh you know i get that you know and the thing i had to do with the last past two years is kind of avoid from all that stuff right i guess when you're being more well known as an influencer or a blogger all eyes are going to be on you so it's almost like you have to watch what you say watch what you do and you want to keep like how you say you want to keep your circle very small and knowing you, you consider you as a good friend because if it wasn't for uh, State, you know, Fish. Right. And it wasn't for Alfredo and Gabby and a lot of people from Long Beach, it's like, these are good people. Right. You know, Fish from St. Anchor is, he, he's really well known. You know, I want to get on the podcast, uh, Long Beach Lloyd. Right. You know, Mexicana Habashi Grill. I mean, you, I mean, you, I mean I'll probably do a part <laughs> two with you. But the story of how. The thing I like having, I had, had them on my podcast, was Sangle de Tigle Micheladas. Uh-huh. The story how they had to do something to make money because of the COVID. And right. look where they're at now. Like Gabby, I know Gabby started the thing, but having them go into all these beer events, whatever, and pushing their products. Um, I remember I was buying some beers at Ramirez Liquor, uh-huh. and I talked to the owner. I said, hey, I'm going to get some of that. It's like, wow, you're the first person to get that. Because I had them on my podcast, mm-hmm. 
and I'm going to support small business from Long Beach. And that's when he said, you're a mega man. <laughs> I have to. I always have to support. Even though, do, do you like to pay for, I mean, I know being a food blogger, do you pay for stuff or people just give you stuff on the house? Uh, it depends. Sometimes if it's... It's a very tricky thing. Yes. It's, it's definitely a fine line. For me, if it's a spot I just want to go to, I... I pay I pay for food all the time. Yeah. Like people think I, you know, I'm like balling and like going around and eating free food everywhere, but that's not not always the case, you know. Yeah. Um be, have you had any tensions for other booth food blogger like, "Hey man, I think you're doing this," or I was like, "I don't like what you're about," or or you just kind of stay in your lane. Um in general, I don't really start beef with other food bloggers. Like the only the only time I all right. <laughs> you don't have to okay. mention names. Yeah, yeah, I won't mention any names, but there was a food blogger who came in, and she went to a sushi spot and ordered a ton of stuff. And then when the bill came, she was like, no, I'm a blogger. I'm not going to pay for this. You're going to have to pay me for my services. Whoa. Yeah, and when I heard that, I, I DM'd her a very polite threat. We'll say that. And um, she was cool after that. <laughs> but uh, you, you checked her. I, yeah, because I was like, you know, this is, this is my city. And there are, I know a lot of owners. I know a lot of people. Be like, and, look here, Karen. Yeah. yeah this, <laughs> like, if the word gets out and you get blacklisted, you know, it's... Has that happened? Has that happened with other food bloggers? Like there you? there are a few people on the on the list. Is that pretty yeah. bad? It's, it's mostly people from outside the scene. We're talking about L.A. Because I feel like they're always going to be communities. If it's a food blogger, craft beer people, right. podcasters... For you to be blacklisted, that's scary, <laughs> man. I was like, oh, that's her. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. And so, yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's crazy because Long Beach is a small town. It's a big city, but it's a small town, you know? And once one person knows, everybody knows. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, what's a good breakfast spot to go to in Long Beach? Because I have family coming tomorrow. Oh, okay. Um, I love the breakfast bar. Their second location, the, the new one on 4th and Redondo, like that area. I saw that. It, it, used be, it used to be an Italian restaurant. Uh -huh. It's beautiful. And, you know, it's, it's just straight up comfort breakfast food all day long. They do all day breakfast and it's a full bar. The only thing I have a problem with those breakfast bars, where's the parking? <laughs> yeah, parking's a little rough there, bro. It it is what it is. It's Long Beach, but um, I'm trying to think other breakfast spots that have. Have you been to Schooners? Schooners is fun. That's a on good a situation. Sunday for mimosas. Yeah, people are like, man, why is that girl passed out on the floor? <laughs> I mean, that's a spot. It's brunchy. I mean, what about um the one over there on Fourth Street? That coffee one. Was it uh, that breakfast we were talking about earlier? Uh, let's see. Fourth Street Coffee One. There's a breakfast one way over, across the street. Is oh, like a, a coffee cup cafe. Yes. Yes, I love them. I love. They're that. honestly one of my favorite breakfast spots. Is that too. who? What is that? The Otis breakfast spot? I think it might be. It might be, but I think it could be the pot holder too. It's one or the other. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's one on Fourth Street. Did they close the other one over there downtown by the courthouse? It's still there. The one by the courthouse is still there. And then they have one off of, I'd like to say Redondo. Like, like I've seen that one. Yeah, like Far East. And then um, they have another one off of Lakewood Boulevard and The Circle. Okay. Damn, I'm going to check that out. Three more questions. Yeah. What about for, when it comes to coffee? Coffee bars. Ooh. Yeah, the coffee scene in Long Beach is good they don't man. fuck around the, yeah the quality of coffee here you got rose park you got black ring you got uh coffee parlor wolf's brew um i'm trying to think like there's so many of them and like 
They're all quite stunning. They're all like everyone has their own how they make their coffee uh-huh. and this. And I was like, man, there's just. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where to go. It's like, but it, I just want just give me a coffee because <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from Starbucks. Right. I want to, like I said, help out small business. I think there's a coffee place right there by fingerprint. Yeah, uh, you're talking about either Grounds or Berlin. I think it's Grounds. Grounds is awesome. I love them. Grounds. I haven't been to Berlin. I haven't been there, but I heard Grounds is pretty good. I always see them everywhere on hashtags. Mm-hmm. Like Long Beach Coffee is always like I always see pipe of Rose Park. I have I want to check out Rose Park because Rose Park they have their little headquarters uh-huh. on Tenth and Seventh uh, Street. Oh no! No no I'm sorry. Cher- no, uh, the, yeah, Cherry and Seventh, yeah. right across from Seven Eleven. They have a little little. That's where they get all the the main stuff they have. That's over right. There. The, their commissary is there. The whole situation is there. And I, um, I think they make. I think I don't know. They make beers, coffee beer. I don't know. I heard about that. Oh. I don't know. I want to look at it, but they do collaborations with other. How about the Comer? Was it the one over there on that breakfast over there by uh, Comerie? What Comerari? Oh. Uh, a commodity. Yes, yeah. I haven't been there yet. Commodity is beautiful, dude. Because they have a plant shop as well so it's like a plant shop and a coffee shop i remember back in the day they used to have they sold records yeah it was it was a record shop and then at some point it was a burger joint called uh, working class kitchen you remember that no uh, that place was fire no. i mean the owner was a little controversial but because he's like he's he served foie gras which became uh, outlawed at some point in california oh, i didn't know that yeah oh yeah I always see around that area by Alex's Bar and all that. They have mm-hmm. a lot of, like, uh, hipster, uh, like, you know, buildings or whatever they have, like, art or pizza stops or right. barbershops. Like, but you have you have to be invited to some of those places to go in there. <laughs> and there's some celebrities out, even though you used to go over there. But, yeah. But I got two questions for you and one last question. But Q&A, say, uh, we talked about uh, fish. Wants to know if you had to pick one food, what, what would it be forever? One food forever. Oh, gosh. One food forever. It's got to be something that's going to make me buff, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't uh, know. Uh, probably burritos, man. Burritos? You get, like, it's kind of cheating because you got all different kinds of burritos, but that's, it's, you, hold, it's hand, you, know, you can hold it in your hands. You got breakfast burritos. You got you know, your bean and cheese, like the whole situation. I, you know what? Same here. Yeah. I, you know, burrito, you can do with everything. Yeah. Vegan, breakfast, garnisada. I mean, a, I like a California burrito. Me too. I like with French fries and all that. There one, there's a place that makes the best, and they're in North Long Beach, um, Aqua. Aqua's Way? Yes. Yeah. They make a good California burrito. I like and them. They're really good. And I think they have a nice little patio. And I think they, I think they make Micheladas. I don't know. Uh, they're, 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 I don't know about their Michis, but uh, they're, they're known for their Aguas Frescas. Oh my God. Yes. I don't fucking thirsty right now. <laughs> and one one for a Q&A for me, if you had to pick what brewery in Long Beach is coming up. One brewery in Long Beach that's coming up. Yeah, like we should be looking out for. Oh, gosh. Um, that's a tricky one. That is tricky, bro. It's tricky because like the, the scene is pretty established now. And I heard they're going to make another nine more in five or six more years. <laughs> another nine more breweries. I'm looking forward to it. Because, uh, like, right now, my, my go-to is Ambitious, right? Like, I'm always there. Oh, yeah. you yeah, can't go yeah, wrong with that. Yeah. Jerome and the crew. You yeah. can't go wrong. I mean, they make... To me, I got shit for this. I consider Ambitious Ales as the monkish of Long Beach. Mm, and some of that's, that's high praise. <laughs> high praise. At the same time, a lot of crafter people, the owners, like, wow. 
So you see them as monkish. What about us? <laughs> and I don't want to hurt people's heart because I won't mention there's one or two breweries that I don't support because they're just, they're not customer service friendly. They're, right. They're very obnoxious. And some of the beers, they just fast them and it's not really good. So I don't go there. Right. So I only go to the ones that are here, like the ones that, you know, that are already established. Right. Like Trademarks, Ambitious. I mean, I mean, Belmont Brewery, uh, 10 Miles. Mm. No one talks about 10 Miles. Yeah, because they're in Signal Hill. Yeah, <laughs> Signal Hill and, and all that stuff. But that's the that's the thing I like. I mean, Trademarks is coming up with a lot of delicious beers. I mean, I don't want to say Beachwood because they've already been established. Yeah. But there is, I don't know, do you go to Anaheim a lot in OC? Uh, kind of. Like, I've been to Brewery Axe. I've been uh... go to... Go to uh, Radiant. Oh, I've been to Radiant. Radiant Beer Company. Yes, they are. They are very good. They have won over close to seven or nine gold medals for the for the for the American Beer Fest. That's like the World Cups of beers, and it's almost like a year old. Mm-hmm. And it's I think it's right there by Disneyland. I think. Yes. And they're coming up. Yeah. I love their beers, and I was like, they're so bomb. <laughs> but but I think in a way, but but I have to say, ambitious sales is the monkish of Long Beach. Yeah, that's... they're clean. Everything's clean. He said that, but I, I agree. They're they're freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, last question: What are what what should we looking out for for 2022? What's your goals? My goals for 2022. I definitely, I mean, besides the usual, I want to grow my following. I want to do that. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to be involved in more events. I'd really like to get into the merch game, bro. That's Ooh. like, yeah. I think because like. LB Food Coma has to be free. You have. It, it has to be free. It has to be for the city. But I need to make money some way. And I have a huge following of people from Long Beach. So merch is probably it. Maybe open my own restaurant. I've been res- recipe testing a few things. Sounds like the know. movie The Chef. I, uh, That's I, my movie. I love that movie. Because I didn't know that was from the... It was a true story. Right. About uh, the guy who made the, uh, the, the Korean tacos. Right. That's a good story. <laughs> I love that. I watch, you know... I watch it like maybe once or twice, maybe like every two weeks. It's very inspirational. I, it's, I just love it because it's like he was coming up and his son helped him to do Twitter. Then he just blew up and he started his own business and everything. Right. And I looked into it. It's like, you know, this is a true story because the guy who played the movie The Chef, he knows that guy. Right. He looked up to him as like, oh, we should make a good movie. And it's a very underrated movie. So, yeah, that would be awesome if you open your restaurant. Yeah, I think I, that's probably like the logical next big step you know but now for now merch is probably what i've got my eyes on definitely want to be involved in more events more festivals and stuff like that too um i'm involved in the taco fest that's coming up long beach taco fest what's that that one's coming up in june i think it's june 18th i'm going yeah i'm going yeah it's good it's we've got a bunch of local uh local taquerias involved you know usually that's competition yes you know i'm trying to get on the podcast he was the he was he was the founder who made the book ask a mexican he was the editor for OC Weekly. Mm-hmm. Now he works at LA Times, Gustavo uh, oh, Arellano. Uh, yes, yes. I want him on my podcast. Okay. I, he's, because he had, he had an event called the Tortilla Event, who had all these people who make the best tortillas as a competition, like the NCAA tournament for basketball, like that. Right. And I was like, oh, this is pretty badass. But when it comes to tacos, who made, who is, is it only, only the people who make from um, tacos or is it different cities? Uh, it's primarily Long Beach based. Yeah, so I, I think there might be a few that aren't, but they do pop-ups in Long Beach. I'm scared to go to one of those. I think if I get taco, man, man, I thought we're homies, dude. <laughs> but way over there with the enemy. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I would be like, 
But, I mean, it's all about helping each other out, supporting small business, and just just showing love. Do you have any last words? Yeah, I think um, I kind of want to bring it full circle, you know, how, like, with my upbringing and, you know, my parents coming from Cambodia, the genocide, the racism, all of that stuff. Yeah. And seeing Long Beach the way it is now where it's kind of like everyone's like brothers. Yes. Like, we got, we got people from, you know, like, lower-income areas. We got people from Naples and Belmont Shore, and we all dine at the same places you know we yeah. all break bread in the same rooms and you know it's it's cool to see that we're making the world a smaller place through eating yeah yeah and uh, do you have any shout outs uh i i'm gonna shout out uh, the freaking homie alfredo from sangre he i was actually one of his first taste testers you know that yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, literally, like, he was making it out of his kitchen. And what the fuck, Alfredo? You didn't tell me this Yeah, shit? like, he, he DM'd me. He's like, hey, bro, I've got, like, uh, some micheladas. I want you to try them. And I was just like... He's always like that. He He's like, he's a good... He's good at, at selling stuff. Right. Because he's good at customer service. Right. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to go eat at um, freaking Playa Amor. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> as long as food's involved, I'm in. That's, oh. how, that's how you win me over. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, uh, okay... I had, to, I had to pitch on the spot. I know he has nine different flavors. Which one do you like out of all of them? Oh, I love the celery. That's my personal favorite. That is good. I like yes. mango. Ah, mango. Mango, <laughs> yeah. It just really depends on the what type of beer. Right. But, uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to have to go get some money good home. <laughs> well, I just want to say, uh, James, best of luck to you. This won't be the last. And uh, one last question. Someone told me. This is a question for me. Someone said, hey, Mega Man, if you're really from Long Beach, what was the name of the city before Long Beach? Easy. Wilmore. Wilmore. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Wilmore. Yeah. And I have to go to the Wilmore Wine over there. I don't know when, but it's popping too if you want some good wine. Right there in Bixby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So everyone, and where can everyone follow you at? LB Food Coma on Instagram. Are you on Twitter or anything? Uh, I started a TikTok. It's got, it's small. I mean, you can follow it. Uh, it I post the same content on there, but I'd love the help. Yeah, um, I got I, I got to get a TikTok. I just barely begin to do Twitter. Right. Thank you, Elon Musk. Freedom of speech now, thank God, because <laughs> that's how I don't want to do it. But that's the thing. So everyone follow him on all social media platforms, on Instagram. Uh, you can subscribe to the Mega Man's podcast on Instagram and follow me on Twitter. Um, subscribe to the Mega Man's podcast, rate and review. Uh, leave a comment, leave some stars. Also on Spotify, leave a star as well. Uh, shout outs to James. Shouts to Alfredo. Shouts to Gabby. Shouts to Long Beach. Uh, Stay Anchor. Shouts to all the people from Long Beach. Uh, the Hood Santa. The Hood Santa. That's Tito. Tito. He is amazing. He's a legend. Yeah. When you think about Long Beach, who do you think of? Tito. Tito. He's giving out to the community, not like Mayor Garcia's. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh-huh. but uh, shouts to you, Gavin, Alex, Emiliano, uh, Luna, Daddy Loves You. Other than that, James, once again, thank you for coming on the Mega Man's podcast. Peace, y'all.